Just moving forward and being progressive and helping the community in the best way possible. My name is Ronita Nance and I'm an artist based here out of Louisville, Kentucky and I actually work from my home. I am an abstract artist. I do pour painting and she commissioned me to do a tabletop um, to fit the space. She gave me the colors and actually it works very well. I'm so appreciative that she thought of me to help her to uh, bring it to fruition and to add to the space. I almost cried when I bought it in here because it coordinated so well with her space. I'm excited as a small business owner to be able to have this space to bring clients. Sometimes people come to me and they want to do different projects and I'm not real comfortable with bringing people into my home. I have children so it's exciting to be able to have this space to bring them to. It felt really good to be around people like-minded, like-spirited. It felt really good. My name is Gary Parker. I served as a Cavalry Scout and a military policeman in the United States Army for 20 years. When I was a Cavalry Scout, we had a young lieutenant that came in, great guy, but he moved on, got promoted to lieutenant colonel, went on to Afghanistan, and I was able to keep in contact. And I'd wake up one morning, go on social media, and there's that post you don't want to see. For whatever reason, he, he took his own life. Nobody knows why he did it. And if there's something that we could have done to prevent it from happening, safe gun storage can prevent gun suicide because it's that added step to get to your firearm that might just give somebody a moment of reflection on what they're doing. As a veteran, we need to be ambassadors to people that don't have the knowledge that we have. Anytime you're not storing a weapon safely, you're putting yourself and your community at risk. Service never stops.
Metro TV, 30 seconds, please. Welcome to the Committee of Public Works. I'm your chairperson, Councilwoman Donna Purvis, my co-chair, Councilman Robin Eagles, sorry, Ingle has an excused absence. I am joined today by Councilman Kumar, Councilman Eckerson, Councilman Syme, Councilwoman Flood, and Councilwoman Chapo. Um, Today, um, I'm sorry. Hey guys, can you all do your thing? Thank you. This meeting has been held pursuant to KRS 61.826 and Council Rule 5A, read in full. Thank you. Uh, today we have with us uh, Public Works and they're gonna be here today. Um, we're gonna be discussing uh, their uh, annual report. And today I have uh, Jeff Brown, who is the Interim Director of Public Works and I'm going to turn it over to him and um, let him uh, begin the discussion. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Madam Chair. I'm Jeff Brown, Interim Director of Public Works and Assets. And today I'd like to introduce Claire Yates and she's gonna go over our first Vision Zero Annual Report for you. Thank you. Thank you. Good afternoon. As Director Brown said, my name is Claire Yates. I am a transportation planner with Metro Public Works and the program manager for Vision Zero Louisville, the city's transportation safety initiative. The Vision Zero Louisville ordinance passed last summer. Um, it requires an annual report. We finalized and released the first annual report earlier this month. The report is available on our website at visionzerolouisville.org. I will now present on some of the contents of that annual report. What is Vision Zero? Vision Zero began in Sweden in the 1990s with the goal of eliminating all traffic fatalities and serious injuries while increasing safe, healthy, equitable mobility for all. It's also a new way of thinking about traffic safety. Instead of prioritizing vehicle speed and motorist convenience, we prioritize public safety for everyone, regardless of their mode of transportation. The movement spread across Europe, where it was successful, and has spread to the US. Louisville began its Road to Zero initiative in 2018, a precursor to Vision Zero, which evolved into launching Vision Zero Louisville in 2021. In April of 2021, Louisville Metro government in partnership with the Kentucky Transportation Cabinet and consulting firm Palmer Engineering, published its first Vision Zero safety report. The report includes an analysis of five years of crash data and prioritizes areas of improvement based on location, roadway characteristics, 
and vulnerable road users. In June of 2022, Louisville Metro Council voted unanimously to adopt an ordinance in support of Vision Zero. Cities can establish their own benchmarks based on their own unique needs and transportation systems. Louisville's goal is to eliminate traffic fatalities by 2050. Like in most US cities, this goal excludes fatalities that occur on interstates and private property, such as parking lots. As part of its national roadway safety strategy, the U.S. Department of Transportation adopted a safe system approach as the guiding principle to achieving roadway, zero roadway fatalities. It works by building and reinforcing multiple layers of protection to both prevent crashes from happening in the first place and minimize harm caused to those involved when crashes do occur. It is a holistic and comprehensive approach that provides a guiding framework to make places safer for everyone. This is a shift from a conventional safety approach because it fo focuses on both human mistakes and human vulnerability and designs a system with many redundancies in place to protect everyone. For example, excessive speeding could be reduced through both design and automated enforcement, which is currently illegal in Kentucky. This chart shows the percentage of traffic fatalities and suspected serious injuries by travel mode. Speaking of human vulnerability, motorcyclists, pedestrians, and bicyclists, which are categorized as vulnerable road users, make up a small percentage of overall crashes, but a significant percentage of fatalities and serious injuries. Designing roadways to be safer for these vulnerable road users improves safety for everyone. This chart shows the percentage of traffic fatalities and suspected serious injuries by roadway owner. Despite the state owning approximately 12% of Louisville's surface street network, over two thirds of all traffic fatalities and serious injuries occur on state owned roadways. The Kentucky Transportation Cabinet understands its responsibility to, under, to improve public safety, and we are working together on several safety-related projects. This chart, this chart shows the percentage of traffic fatalities and suspected serious injuries by road functional classification. Arterial roadways make up roughly 13% of Jefferson County street network yet account for over three quarters of all traffic fatalities and serious injuries on surface streets. Arterials also handle the bulk of traffic, but by redesigning our arterials as complete streets with convenient, reliable transit service, a complete sidewalk network that is sufficiently wide and good repair and buffered from the roadway and ADA compliant and, ro and with robust bike facilities, we can move all people more safely rather than just cars. And work is currently underway to do just that on numerous arterial roadways in Louisville, including Broadway, Roy Wilkins Avenue, 9th Street, Main Street, Taylor Boulevard, Newcut Road, West Muhammad Ali Boulevard, Chestnut Street, and Preston Street, Preston Highway. We can design a safer roadway if we want to, deploying countermeasures proven 
to improve safety. Here are a couple of examples of that in Louisville. On the left is a new mid-block pedestrian crossing installed by Metro Public Works Traffic Engineering with lighting, curb extensions, a crossing aid known as an RRFB or Rectangular Rapid Flashing Beacon, and a high visibility crosswalk. On the right is the right-sizing work on Bardstown Road in the Highlands. The Kentucky Transportation Cabinet and Metro are removing confusing lane lights and parking restrictions that incurred speeding during rush hour, and instead installing curb extensions, full-time on-street parking, and dedicated left turn lanes. These changes will improve pedestrian safety for the numerous pedestrians enjoying Bardstown Road and better organize the roadway for motorists as well. These next two slides include annual safety performance measures established by the U.S. Department of Transportation. Like most U.S. cities, even with a sharp reduction in vehicles and vehicle miles traveled, or VMT, Louisville saw a spike in the number of traffic fatalities during the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, vehicle miles traveled have mostly returned to pre-COVID levels, but roadway fatalities have not. This includes the number of pedestrians and bicyclists killed as well. As you can see, the rate of fatalities and serious injuries based on vehicle miles traveled, needs to come down. And we can do that with your, through your support of Vision Zero Louisville. Vision Zero would not be successful without everyone pitching in. No one person or group has all the answers. And no one person or group can achieve such an ambitious goal alone. Louisville, like most Vision Zero cities, has a task force that meets regularly to share ideas and to work together. The Vision Zero task force includes representatives from government departments, transportation agencies, advocacy groups, healthcare organizations, universities, and law enforcement agencies. Working with task force members, including Janet Heston of Matthews Bridge, Vision Zero Louisville helped put on Louisville's first ever World Day of Remembrance for road traffic victims. The internationally recognized event was held at Iroquois Park to highlight New Cut Road, a deadly arterial roadway, and to call for legislation of automated enforcement in Kentucky. I've also launched a monthly e-newsletter to update the public on Vision Zero Louisville's progress and challenges. As you know, Public Works recently won a $21 million Safe Streets and Roads for All grant from the U.S. Department of Transportation. With local and state matches, the grant will fund safety improvements on 10 corridors throughout Louisville. However, there are funding opportunities at the local level as well. First, funding safety improvements identified in the Vision Zero Louisville Safety Report. By investing Metro dollars in safety improvements on Metro roads, we can complement state investment on state roads. Second, increasing the signs and markings budget would allow us to implement certain safety improvements more quickly 
on those metro roads, such as curve signage, wider edge lines, and crosswalk enhancements. Lastly, the following goals are specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. For our short-term goals, we have requested local funding be included in the mayor's recommended budget. A consultant has been tapped to develop a high injury network, which identifies the worst of the worst corridors where most fatalities and serious injuries occur, and a speed limit audit is already underway. Thank you. Um, I do have a question. Have you guys identified the 10 uh, corridors that you all are going to be uh, revising? Um, have you all identified where they are going to be, where these are? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, um, that information is available on our website, visionzerolouisville.org. Um, I could probably rattle them off strictly by memory, but um, that does include Lewis Coleman Jr. Drive, as well as Southern Parkway, Wilson Avenue, and um, a, ho a host of others. And this was based on? Sure, all 10 of those corridors came directly from the Vision Zero Louisville Safety Report technical appendix. Okay. It actually outlined a whole host of corridors that could be quote unquote right sized, which means that the roadway width and design does not meet um, the daily traffic volumes. And so we evaluated every single one of those corridors and selected these 10 based on some overlaps of other projects and um, um, trying to maximize our investment there. Okay, um, thank you. At this time, I'd like to recognize um, Councilman Benson has joined the committee meeting today. Um, I have one in queue. Um, Councilwoman Flood. Thank you, Madam Chair. Hey, Claire. Hey. Um, can you go back? You said something about the roadway design and that we, we couldn't do something in roadway design. I know how you can make streets safer by roadway design. Could you repeat what you said there? Sure. Um, I think that was it's a, at the very beginning. I'm sorry. I wrote it down real fast because I didn't hear. I don't think it's something that we can't do in Kentucky or something. Oh, uh, sure. Automated enforcement. I'm sorry, what? Automated enforcement. That's th right. There's, yeah, there's two different branches of that. It's speed safety cameras and red light cameras. Mm -hmm. Speed safety cameras specifically are a U.S. Department of Transportation proven safety countermeasure. So that means that they have uh, partnered with researchers and developed and, and, and kind of identified that this is in fact um, proven and quantifiable uh, reduction in traffic fatalities and serious injuries by using this technology. And I've always heard from the state engineers and I think maybe from our own public works uh, that you know the straighter you make a road, the more you, you you're really act, acting like go ahead and speed because it's straight. You know, we try to straighten every road, no curves, because we think it's safer, and probably the opposite is true, because the straighter, the faster people seem to go. That can absolutely be the case. It depends on the, also depends on the number of lanes. Um, 
as a, uh, conversely, as a, as, as a planner, I, I feel um, I get into a little bit more of the user experience approach as well. You know, what does that road feel like? Mm -hmm. um, does, that feel does that road feel hostile to pedestrians? Is that a road that you want to get through as quickly as humanly possible? Or does that feel like a neighborhood street? Are there shade trees? Is the sidewalk well-maintained? Is, um, is there on-street parking? You know, do you feel like you could walk through the neighborhood rather than speed through it as fast as humanly possible? Thank you. Thank you. So you mentioned the, the surveillance is a factor. Uh, is this something that we're looking to use in the future? If it becomes legal, um, there have been a couple of different House bills passed, well, submitted rather, uh, or introduced. Um, one would, um, one submitted uh, House Bill 73 by uh, Representative Rachel Rourke's. Um, that one would legalize both speed safety cameras and red light cameras. To my knowledge, that has not passed out of committee yet, which is to be Frank, that's kind of the standard um, for that legislation over the last few years, which includes um, the same bill being introduced a few years ago from um, Senator Reggie Thomas from Lexington. So it keeps getting introduced. Unfortunately, it doesn't get passed out of committee, although um, we have seen a little bit of a bright spot in um, some legislation around speed safety cameras in work zones uh, using a, um, a sunset a uh, uh, five years, a five-year period, and mandating uh, data collection and analysis as well as part of that. I don't think that that will pass in this Kentucky General Assembly session, but I do believe that Indiana is close to passing um, that exact same sort of legislation. So it's something that might be a little bit more amenable. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Councilwoman Chappell. Hi, um, hello, Claire. Two questions for you. Um, one, could you kind of talk about the intersection that um, Vision Zero Louisville has with com the Complete Streets Coalition and any work that you all might be collaborating on or um, any ways that we could enhance that collaboration? Sure, sure, thanks. Um, so Vision Zero takes a safe system approach and that's five pillars. That includes safer roads, safer people, which includes things like pedestrian safety and reducing the number, the incidence of um, drunk or impaired driving. And it also includes better post-crash care, working with um, trauma hospitals and um, our emergency management. And so within the safer roads pillar, one of the uh, most effective ways we know to reduce um, excessive speeding and to calm roads to a level where we don't see those um, speeds and velocities that um, contribute to traffic fatalities and serious injuries, um, that on-the-ground work is just now being done by the Complete Streets Coalition and our Complete Streets uh, Administrator. So by investing in traffic calming projects like what you're seeing come out of the Complete Streets Coalition, that absolutely uh, supports um, our overall effort to eliminate traffic fatalities on our streets by 2050. 
And you said second question. Yeah, and my second question is, um, if any of my fellow council members were interested in attending a Vision Zero Louisville meeting, uh, would they be able to do that? And when are those held? Absolutely, those are held virtually, um, monthly, on, uh, on Fridays from one to two. And you can sign up um, via our website at visionzerolouisville.org. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure uh, my colleagues and I, we appreciate you being here with this uh, report. And uh, we hope that everything will work out safely. I, I will like to mention that I noticed within the last year or so, it seems like every week there's a fatality on, on one of our roads here in Louisville or a pedestrian being hit and killed. So I really, really appreciate your focus on this. And uh, let's just hope that we can have you know, safer streets to walk down and, and drive on. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Brown, did you have anything else for us? No. Oh, you just like sitting up front. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I think I have a couple more items on the agenda. Okay, thank you. Um, our next item on the agenda, uh, would you guys like to read the legislation, please? Item number two, R-026-23, a resolution determining a portion of certain property at 10122 Whipsmere Road, plus ID number 143004500024, as surplus and not in needed for a governmental purpose and authorizing its transfer. Read in full. I'd like to have a motion. Motion. Motion and second. Who's here to speak on that? Hi, Madam Chair, again, Jeff Brown, uh, Acting Director of Metro Public Works and Assets. Uh, this particular parcel was a remnant left over from the Hurstbourne Parkway Railroad overpass project the state constructed a while back. Uh, one of the budding property owners had an interest in this small 18-foot section of uh, property that was no longer necessary for the project. So. We uh, agreed that it did not serve a public purpose and gave them an opportunity to purchase that. Does anyone have any questions? With no questions. I'm sorry, sir. Councilman Eckerson. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, I don't have any questions for Mr. Brown, uh, but I just want to state this committee, I have been very outspoken and vocal about my uh, disdain of this city's past process of giving away properties for a dollar here, dollar there. Uh, most recently was at the end of last year, we were talking about a commercial piece of property that came in, I think at about a $130,000, $140,000 PVA value. Uh, while it was dilapidated, we were gonna sell it for a dollar. My attitude was I'll give you $10, 10 times that amount. You know, would love to do that. You know, and we're getting a bidding war. But I, I've had a real problem with the way we've given away property. This is one that I can support and not find foul with. Essentially what we're talking about here is the city initially purchased this property for something like $62,000 and had a house on it. They tore the house down. So now that it's a vacant lot, so the property has dramatically dropped in value. Additionally, with the uh, placement of the uh, Hurstburn Parkway, with the parkway encroachment zone, you could build a house on this lot if you wanted to. So the people they're selling it to ultimately already own a house there, they own another vacant lot, so they're just expanding their property. Whether it be put in a playground, just have more green space for themselves, whatever. 
this is also a situation where when I look at the PVA's value of the surrounding properties, we're selling this for probably 27, 28 cents on the dollar. Uh, we might be able to get 8,500 for it if, if the market, but the problem is, is because you couldn't build on it, it's really, that value I think is, is, is greatly diminished. So the fact that we're getting 27 cents on the dollar, sure as hell beats a dollar for the property. Uh, I think it's a legitimate offer, and I think that uh, under this scenario, it'll be one of the few, one of the few property uh, transactions that I will support at this time. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Councilman Eckerson. If there are no other questions, this is um, this calls for a voice vote. All those in favor, say aye. aye. All those opposed, the ayes have it. This will go on the consent calendar. Thank you. Thank you. Item number three, R-030-230-23, a resolution approving for petition for widening River Road from Zorn Avenue to Edith Avenue, brought pursuant to KRS Chapter 178.080, agreeing to accept 18 parcels of reality of River Road from the Commonwealth of Kentucky for the River Road widening and approving the dedication of the 27 parcels of reality located on the north side of River Road from above reference widening of River Road by Louisville Jefferson County Metro Government, successor to the City of Louisville, Kentucky, ready in full. Thank you. I'd like to have a motion and a second, please. Motion. Second. Thank you. Mr. Brown, you again? Yeah, thank you, Madam Chair. And for the record, Jeff Brown, uh, Acting Director, Metro Public Works and Assets. So this is the long history river road widening project between Zorn and Edith Ave, or sorry, Zorn and just past the railroad tracks. These are a handful of parcels along the north side of River Road that were under state ownership that the state is now ready to deed over to Metro in order to construct the river road widening, which hopefully will be in construction very soon. This is one of the pieces we needed to complete in order to have all the right of way in place for us to begin construction. Are there any questions? If no questions, this calls for a voice vote. All of those in favor, say aye. aye. All of those opposed, the ayes have it. This will go on the consent calendar. Thank you, Mr. Brown. Thank you, Madam Chair. That was the last piece on the agenda. So I can say that the meeting has been adjourned. Thank you. So the first one sounds silly, but lock your car. Also, if you can attempt to park in a well lit or secured area, there's also some things that you can purchase if you're able to to stop your car.